Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for new accounts to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Ruto and AJ coming at you live the day after the deadline as we're going to be breaking down the winners and losers of trade deadline day. But before we get into that, some news on the Avalanche front, some good, some bad. The bad news, Ryan Murray does look like he has a fracture from the shot he blocked the other night. Uh, will miss weeks, not days, per Jared Bednar. Uh, dude just can't catch a break, can he? Sucks, man. Yep. It's, it's kind of the story of his entire career where that dude he gets stay healthy. He'd be good. Yeah. yeah. He gets he gets rolling. He's playing well. His things are going his way. And injury. It's the way it goes. So, so this is, I think, what his third injury this year. Yeah, so, he was dealing with a back thing earlier in the year. This is this is where the conversation with Ryan Murray has always been that if he could just stay healthy, you know. yeah. Like, and we we were talking during the big old live show yesterday about the idea of, hey, maybe you just bring him back as your seventh guy. I I mean, I don't know that he would want to do that, but. I don't know that anyone's going to give him a job given his I, I think health it's, issues this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be just a really tough sell to have him be a regular in a lineup because his injury issues have just never subsided. Yep. It's every year of his career, almost every year of his career. So it's a it's it's a bummer and it's a loss for the Abs. Yep, they're now down. They're now down Murray, Byram, and Gerard. They're back playing Curtis McDermott at D until someone gets back. So, is what it is. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> can't call up Justin Barron. Nope. You have zero call-upable defensive prospects. You could call Jacob McDonald up. Yeah, you could you could go with McDonald or like a Dennis Gilbert or not you know, really like prospects that, but... at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> so. You know, I guess Nate Clarman is down there. <laughs> I don't think they're calling up Clarms. <laughs> Look, the big Clarms dude, he's got like four years to be an Eagle before they call him up. True. He's gonna uh, make his angel debut at twenty-eight, and it's gonna rule. <laughs> uh the good news side of things, both Cogliano and Lekinen are expected to join the team like as we speak here in yeah, practice. They're supposedly on the way from the airport. <laughs> Um, Cogliano will play tomorrow for sure. Lekkonen, it's unclear if his visas will be ready or not. So TBD there, but certainly should be ready by Friday's game. Uh, so they're in town and they're, uh, hopefully starting to get integrated into the team directly at this point. So should be, uh, should be interesting to see. I can't say the abs at full power because of the injuries they're dealing with, but closer to their final form as it were as there's no more trade deadline and things like that to talk about um yeah looking forward to it but the um (laughs) i i guess we'll start with the biggest loser of trade deadline day yeah it's easily evgeny dadnov yeah 100 percent evgeny dadnov who just had his contract ignored by multiple teams in the NHL and the NHL itself until it was too late. (laughs) This is Uh, such an embarrassing look for, I think, everybody involved. Yep. 
outside of like I, I don't think it's bad for Dadnov. I don't know where people are, are making the argument that his agent did something wrong. It sounds like his agent filed the appropriate paperwork in the appropriate time frame and informed everybody and did everything that was needed to do. Like it, it sounded like he the agent took care of business and multiple teams along the way just dropped the ball. Yep. And now now he's in the impossible decision of uh, he waves it and goes to Anaheim and plays out the string for you know for a team that's not However competitive. Long, for, yeah, not going to make the playoff <clears throat> team. Or he goes to a team that just tried to pay a second-round pick to get rid of him. Yep. Either way, it doesn't feel great. Yeah, uh, he's, in a, he's in a bad spot, and I, I think it sucks for him. He didn't do anything wrong. I called, uh, I remember I took some heat from Vegas fans over the summer because I said that I thought the worst move of the entire offseason was their acquisition of Dadnov. They used the Marc-Andre Fleury cap space to go and get him for, and now, for Dadnov. And who they have now tried and failed to dump at the deadline. <laughs> yeah, and <clears throat> I just think that sucks uh, that, that he's stuck like in this impossible situation and Vegas just can't seem to get out of their own way this year. I mean, they've had hellacious injury luck, but you look at how like that organization has caught dub after dub after dub for five years. And it's kind of like going their way. And now all the karma is coming down in one year back at them. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like the pendulum swung the other way at warp speed and is like smashing into T-Mobile arena every night, (laughs) just like a sledgehammer taking bodies with it. (laughs) Definitely does feel a little bit like that, but in this case, like specifically when it comes to the Dadnov situation and the cap hell that Vegas has put themselves in, they don't have anybody to blame but themselves, really, right? Right. They did this. They made these choices. They literally took Marc-Andre Fleury, not, now it's not one-to-one, but they took the money that they saved in that deal and went and spent it on, most of it, on Dadnov. And conveniently forgot his NTC. And... Yeah, and and then and then they tried to trade for Jack Eichel, and then they tried, or then they did trade for Jack Eichel. Then they tried to get cute with it. Yep. And we all know that that's what that's what happened. Is that oh, Jack Eichel's coming back? Well, this this persistent back injury of Mark Stone just won't go. Gosh, what a problem! And then like along the way, they just had bad luck, like. Max Pacioretty just could not. He just can't stay healthy. Robin Leonard's had injury issues. Riley Smith has injury issues. Braden McNabb has injury issues. Alec Martinez got a uh, cut on the uh, on his face that like got infected, and like I don't even know like turned into a long term injury. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, so you're talking. I mean, you're still. Jeez, dude. <laughs> Like, they have had genuinely horrible luck, and then they also put themselves in a horrible position. And the fact that it's all coming down to them not knowing a player's no-trade clause preferences is... hilarious. I mean, it just goes to speak to... There's a certain lack of polish in that front office. 
Because I mean, you remember how Flurry gets traded? Like he finds out from social media. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the conversation in the hockey world was, "Hey, there's I don't want to call it a fan site because Cap Friendly is way more than just a fan site. Yeah. But there is a website run by a guy not in the league who does a better job at this than the league itself of actually tracking." Yeah trades and no trade clauses and salary caps and as you said at the start way worse for vegas but the league as a whole this is a terrible look where you don't know your players own contracts yeah so like and you have to have multiple breakdowns along the way to have those and the fact that there is a free resource out there i mean how often how often do we talk about oh well ej you know, what if they want to move EJ or what if they want to do this? Or what if they want to do that? And it's like, well, the guy's got no trade clause. Like, we know this stuff. Yep. How is it that the, the decision makers themselves? You mean to tell me not a single person in the Vegas front office has opened up Dad Knob's page, Cap Friendly page, and been like, didn't read that comment. That's hey, like, eh. what's this thing right here? It says MNTC. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody? Nope. Apparently not a single person, but yeah. And so yeah, to, to answer the question in the chat, yes. Vegas traded a guy against his uh, two and two and destination that on was his on no his trade no trade list. cause. Yep. He does not want to go there. And he's just sort of sitting in limbo right now. Yep. And I and like actually- they need the help. Like, yeah, they need the cap help for sure. Yeah, they need the help because they need. That's how they're going to get some guys who can help them back playing fucking games with fourteen skaters again. Which a whole another different bad look for the league there. But and, yeah, and in, well, I and mean, in like, Vegas' this case, they need to win games down the stretch this year. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is a guy who has twenty-seven points in sixty-two games. Yep. He's got 15 goals. Like he's that's an NHLer for sure. Yeah, he's an NHL player, but he has not been what they were hoping for, sure. which anybody would have been able to. It's like such a predictable. Everyone called that one when it yeah. when they signed him, but <laughs> just a predictable failure. But yep. you're 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 talking about like Ed. <laughs> this this is a team that is barely hanging on to a postseason spot uh, by points percentage. Not in a postseason spot. By points, they've got 72. Dallas has 71. But Dallas has four games in hand. So I do want to touch on this question from Dylan. Not that there's a coup. There's no coup about NHL owners trying to stop acknowledging NTCs. However, there are murky rules surrounding when a player gets traded with an NTC, whether his new team has to honor it or not uh it's not entirely clear how necessary that is and the rumor around this one is that ottawa just never provided that information to vegas when he was initially traded there now how much of this information is is accurate and real i have no idea but it doesn't change the fact that there were major fuck ups along the way. We have this. We have this leading the show because this is like the story in the NHL today. As we all wake up and it continues to unfold, uh, such a weird situation. And 
you're talking about a team that like badly needs the players back that they're trying to get back into the lineup that they can't. Correct. They, um, they in are part literally capped stuck. Yeah. In part because dad dogs, his money is just still sitting there. Yep. So weird, uh, kind of a, just a just very weird spot for them to be in. And you, it's, it's, you've it's seen everything and then something like this happens. It's fascinating to watch as like this plays out and we're going to start shifting a lot of our focus in the next month towards to, the playoff push and yeah, match playoff and matchups like and yeah. the races that are going on. Um, Vegas right now, and, and look, Vegas at 65 games played is at the high end of games played in the NHL. Yep. I think it's, I think they're tied with Anaheim. All the all yeah. the projections have Vegas sub fifty percent to make the playoffs right now, and right now they're the eighth seed. If the playoffs were to finish right or the season were to finish right now, and they ignored 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 points percentage, Jesus, yep. I had no idea. Can't say the word ignored. <laughs> uh, if they ignored that, it would be Colorado Vegas in round one, and it would be this weird monster Frankenstein's monster version of Vegas. It would be real strange. Uh, Dallas is one point back of them with four games in hand, though. Yeah. So, and look like quietly four points, four points back uh, with two games in a hand is Winnipeg. Uh, four points back with one game in hand is Vancouver. Guess who's in Denver tomorrow? It's Vancouver. So some teams, some teams that need. The Avalanche are going to play a role in how this plays out with as many games against the Pacific Division as they have. For sure. So it's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. And no, genuinely, like holding in the low, like I think this is the funniest thing in the world. This it's is high comedy for sure. This this is tremendous. Couldn't have a better organization. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So it feels like a, it feels like if a Wes Anderson movie was a, oh a hockey team's <laughs> NHL season. <laughs> Just fucking stumble over backwards into nonsense the whole time. Yep. <laughs> Just what what is this? Like nonstop. <laughs> what is this? Okay. Well, it that's good. It keeps you on your toes, all right? You never you always learn something new. And we're learning something new <laughs> about how badly you can mess up an NHL trade. So true. <laughs> On that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, built for people who don't mess up their roster with NHL trades terribly. So go get yourself a Breck Brew if you're a fan of a winner of the trade deadline. Like I, I think the ads probably fall into the winner category of the deadline as the whole. Uh, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But get a Breck Brew, use the Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you. I, of course, recommend the Avalanche Amber Ale. Always drinking one during Avs games. So go give it give it a try. They have a beer for everybody. I guarantee you that. And then get on over and check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. When you sign up with code DNVR, you get that $5 on any March Madness team, as this is still going on, and if you are correct in your team to win the current game, you get $200 in free bets. So jump on that, 
Go get $200 in free bets right now. Then once you get the $200, you can bet on whatever you want. You can bet on the abs. You can bet on the nuggets. You can bet on uh, bicycling. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. You can bet on literally any sport that exists over at DraftKings. You can do things like same-game parlays. You can do all sorts of cash-out options, which I know Yahir loves to look at and then not click and then lose his bet when he should have clicked it. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR, again, to get that $5 for $200 in free bets from March Madness. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. P.S. It's a great time. Sign up for a DNVR membership. Uh, we were talking about it earlier today. There's a lot of Avalanche coverage out there right now from us, both video and written, uh, on all the trade deadline stuff. If you're maybe not caught up, be sure to go check all of that out on ddnvr.com. So, yeah, I I don't know how to recommend our stuff more than, like, just go read our stuff because there's a lot of it and it's all dope. True. All right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting into the actual winners and losers of the deadline. Is it is it as easy as I think it is for the big winner, AJ? Is it is it Florida? Um, let's start with I like before we get into the actual teams of this. Um okay. I, I was there a trade, like was there one deal that went down that you were just like, man, I really like that for that team. It could be big or small. Uh, I'd have to let me let me skim through them a little bit here because, like, the big trade of Giroux felt like a super duper luxury for Florida, right? Like their forward course yeah. already ridiculous. Definitely. Um. Yeah, you know, this is also true of the Hurricanes to a certain extent, but the Hurricanes paid fucking nothing for Max Domi. What? You're going to say that about Aiden Hershart? <laughs> hey, they also ended up giving up Korshkov. Korshkov? <laughs> and a sixth to Florida for retaining. But again, that's nothing for Max Domi. A guy who at worst is a solid third liner and at best has like top line potential for you. Yeah. It's a really good trade. Yeah, I'm curious where he fits. Because kind of the, the, but, that was one where I was kind of like, I, right? Like it's like Carolina already has a sick top nine. Yeah, I was like, because but I'm for that at price, it, like, where's he gonna go? For that price, you're like, yeah, I guess we'll take Max Domi for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So got? Max Domi, I, I, you know, I think it it could be. Um, a nothing deal down the road, but I thought there were uh, a combination of them that I thought were really, really interesting to me. I thought the the sharks like stealing Capo Kakinen. Yeah, that was a good deal for them for sure. Like they have been trying to figure out that goaltending position forever now, and you while Kakadin has been a little inconsistent at times, like he's shown well. He was goal, he was AHL goalie of the year like two years ago. Yep. 
and the wild move on from him and just give just, and just like complete dump him material yeah yeah <laughs> just totally totally dump him like scott um, wedgwood got a fourth <laughs> right and and like they paid a fifth round pick to send kakanen to a team that like does not have an answer in net yep you know because they they took that chance on aiden hill and it predictably and didn't work yeah hasn't really done a lot and like james reimer hasn't really done a lot which like i think reimer's been better but he's like, not young anymore by any stretch. yeah like yeah. he's he's in his mid-30s and you're not looking at him as like well he's the guy that's gonna help them like they have so much money tied up long term into old guys now yep you know couture couture is already 32 they just like hurdles still good and productive and blah blah but and anyway, I, I thought the Kakinen deal really stood out to me as like that's a really good deal for them. Um, I really liked what Arizona did with some of their some of their picks. Um, going and getting Jack McBain, who's a guy that they can sign and drop sure. into accelerating the timeline a little bit, right? Giving up some picks for some quality prospects. Yeah. And and then that in combination with the Nathan Smith deal with Winnipeg. Yep. Because Nathan Smith was looking at Winnipeg's center depth and was like, not going to fit. So <laughs> I don't have a spot there. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think, that, you know, for an organization that needs anything, anything. I yep. thought that they did a good job of identifying guys that can get into pro hockey right now, and and they can start getting an idea of what those guys are going to be and how much they're going to be part of a solution moving forward. I agree with you on that side. I do think Arizona, one, they didn't move Phil Kessel, which yeah. at the end it's like you take a seventh for the guy, take anything. I would not. I would not really put. I so one of the things about these like winners and losers things, right? It is insanely easy to be a winner if you're a rebuilding team and you go out and you get stuff. Just like get, you look at what Anaheim literally does. anything. Yeah. Anaheim burns it down. Yep. And they just drown themselves in new assets. And all of that can be used for Pat Verbeek to kickstart either a rebuild or he can use all those picks to turn around and trade for players over the summer, do whatever, right? Uh, like they can do whatever now and and so it's really easy to be like he did a great job hollowing out his nhl roster and <laughs> trading everybody away for a bunch of who knows draft picks moving forward but i think it just feels like a cop-out like who really set themselves up for success sure um i do i do agree with you i thought what what arizona did fell short like you could find a Johan Larson taker, but you couldn't find one for yeah. Phil Kessel. The the Amps gave a fifth for Cogliano. I understand Kessel's a different type of player, but you had nobody interested in that guy. Well, and like like Johan Larson, Andrew Cogliano, Ryan Carpenter, right? And, you know, like you're talking you're talking like bit players here. Yep, fourth line type guys, like who are who are not going to be you know Zach Sanford. Yep. Uh, got moved. Derek Broussard gets moved again. 
like Vlad Domestikov. Like these yep. guys are all dudes. And Tyler Mott got a fourth round pick. You're looking at all those guys and you're like, all these teams that want to com- that are trying to compete for something, whether it's making the postseason or whatever. Like Phil Kessel couldn't yeah. have helped more than those guys. Like He's got I was some not value there for sure. I, I was not keen on him in Colorado for a number of reasons, but golly, I mean, the guy has like thirty something points this year. It's not like he's doing nothing. You want to tell me that like? I mean, I don't think the cap would have worked, but you want to tell me that, like, the Jets are better off with Zach Sanford? Yeah. Have a tough you know? sell there, for um, sure. I think I, I Josh Brunson in chat brings it up. I think Dallas is also a loser. Yeah, I They, I they pay for Vlad Nemesnikov. Yep. And you see all the prices that are out there on players, on, on defensemen especially. You know you're losing John Klingberg. This summer, you know that that is happening. John Klingberg is to... not coming back. You know you're not winning a Stanley Cup. Meryl Haskinen is out for the for the foreseeable future. You just don't have the gun. You might have the oomph to make it into the postseason. You're not as, winning four rounds as a wild card that like, like is squeaking in. Yeah, right. And you're not winning four rounds. So to what end here? Well, in... are we saying hey the oh, well, we're just happy with two home games of revenue and then we're going home. And then John Klingberg walks for free. You couldn't have gotten something. You couldn't have gotten an AHL player that you like. You couldn't have gotten a second-round pick. You couldn't have done any of that. Well, and instead, you paid to get Vlad Nemesnikov? You, you get Nemesnikov, one. And two, your only other real move was getting Scott Wedgwood to be your third goaltender? And like, I know that they have injuries at that position, but so I get it. But are you trying to win a playoff round, or what are we doing here? Because Scott Wedgwood's not the answer. I don't know what to tell can you. We, can we find an example of a third goaltender winning Never a playoff winning a round? Playoff round? Anytime recently, and you can't say Jordan Bennington because he was because he was he was the, the hard starter yeah. by that point. Can you find because like it look it we we have Andrew Hammond and Michael Hutchinson each won playoff games in Colorado as third goalies, but they lost series. those series. Yeah, they lost both of those series. Yeah, so it's a really weird thing to be like, well, we're going to prioritize this. I agree, and and like so okay, so it, it, fourth and a fifth aren't much to give up for Nemesnikov and Wedgwood. Definitely, but Dallas continues to be stuck in this weird limbo. Especially they extended Pavelski for a year, which, don't get me wrong, Pavelski's playing great, but he's pushing 40. Yeah, and it puts them in a position where if they are not competitive again next year and Pavelski's having a a great year, they can sell him for a high price. For sure. They can get a first-round pick. They can get a whatever for him. And you're good with that. Like they, I, that was a tidy piece of business. I liked that part of it, but I, is, they're, they're stuck in between, right? They have they yeah. yet to really hand the keys over to whatever their next generation is going to be. Yeah. They're, I mean, you're talking, it should be Gurionov, Hintz and yeah. uh, Robertson, Jason Robertson. Yep. You're to, those are the guys that you're handing the keys over to. And the, the middle of your, the middle of your lineup is still 
Tyler Sagan and Roddick Faxa. Yeah, they have four years of Jamie Benn left. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing they can do about that. That's, but that's but I'm saying, like, their spending assets, however small they may be, to squeak into a playoff run that's not going to go anywhere with a half their forward core is well over 30. Yeah. It's just yep. the, it, the math doesn't add up there. It doesn't feel like they're on the upswing pushing to get playoff experience, right? It feels like they're kind of petering out. Yeah. It just feels it. Their direction feels very weird for sure. Yeah. Like it definitely feels weird. Uh, they have 19, right around 19 million to spend in cap space this summer. And it's not a great free agent class. You're kind of curious. Like I keep saying that to me, the easiest thing to predict in the off season is that Dallas gives Nazem Kadri a five or six year deal for $8 million per year. And he goes and, to the retirement home. Yeah. And he goes to the stars and just slowly gets worse every year. So for the stars, I for the stars, I have them uh, as a clear loser. And uh, to follow up on a specific deal that I really didn't like, we talked about it already, so I won't spend much time on it. But Tampa Bay giving up Matthew Joseph for Nick Paul, yeah, it genuinely feels like Tampa just got worse in that deal. Yeah, like and and I recognize that Nick Paul's got his uses and that he's got this and that, but. That just felt like a, ta- a talent downgrade for a guy that maybe fits into a role a little better. It kind of felt like Jost for Nico Sturm. Yep. Um, then Tampa paid more to do. But but yeah, then they added an extra pick, and <laughs> there wasn't uh, like the salary concerns in the immediate. Right. Weren't as beneficial, obviously, with Joseph's uh, being an RFA, he's going to get a raise. But yeah. But I just think, as an as an unsigned RFA, they could have moved that guy in the summer for more than Nick Paul. Agreed. Um, but again, when you're trying to put the finishing touches on a dynasty, you can't really blame them for anything that they do at this point. Well, I mean, it's the ultimate house money. Yes uh, like and no. In a row. I agree, and like you're not going to knock their systems because it's clearly worked when they just go and give up their first. But yeah. they paid like ridiculous prices for Brandon Hagel. Oh wait, that was Florida. I'm dumb. No, I'm, no, it's I'm, Tampa. No, it's Tampa. I'm right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah the, but they, there is giving up firsts for Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman, and then there's giving up two firsts for a guy that's going to play on your third line. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, Brandon Hagel's a good player. He will make Tampa we'll better. See. Like he's, I, he seems like a solid NHL player, but he has a really limited track record, and it seems like a lot of his value was derived from the twenty goals that he scored while shooting twenty percent, playing yeah. primarily next to Patrick Kane. And, and so we'll see. But you're like, hey, you think that guy probably still makes you better, even if it's not that level? But two firsts, yeah, it's expensive, man. That's expensive. That's those are the type of trades where it. Tampa has been scrambling around the cap and, and trying to make assets work for a while now, but that's one where it's like, all right, we're really emptying out the cupboards for this guy. Yeah. Uh, one more in this, this segment here. I know you talked earlier about it being easy to be a winner if you're a seller, but you got to give the Seattle Kraken a little bit of credit here, right? 
Yeah, uh, we talked about it on the live show yesterday that had they had their pick haul yeah. after the expansion draft looked like what it does today, everybody would have been lauding them as geniuses and oh, this is amazing and this is great. It was just the that they pulled the trigger and they were willing to bite the bullet and do this. I also think that their commitment to not being very good comes at a great time. They're going to be in the lottery this year for Shane, Shane Wright. Wright. Uh, and that's your guy, whatever. Logan, yeah, Cooley, um, uh, the Finnish kid whose name I can never remember. Um, you mean not Brad Lambert? Yeah, not Brad Lambert. <laughs> but like, they're gonna be, they're gonna be in the mix for those guys, and then they're gonna be right in the mix next year. You know, Matty Veneers is gonna come in and make his NHL debut, and. They're going to be right in the mix for Connor Bedard and Matvey Michkov and yep. Adam Fantilli next season. Yep. They're yep. going to be in that mix again. And I think that we're going to look back and we're going to be like, hey, how Vegas started a franchise was insane. But Seattle has a chance to do this the more traditional way. Yep. Draft a couple of, of studs up high. Your first three years, you do a lot of losing. And then by year five, you're kind of a problem. So could be interesting. Uh, could be they could be they they could be in a much more interesting team next year, especially because in no way do I believe Philip Grubauer is going to. Yeah, he's not that bad. The, he's, he's not. not gonna, he's not going to have the year that he's having right now again. I just, agree. I do not believe that. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah. I, hope, I agree with you. I would say that they were a winner there. Okay. I hope all of y'all are ready for the uh, the stretch run of the season here for the Avs. And you can watch them right on your TVs here in the Denver metro area with Avaca TV. Hit up Avaca if you haven't yet. It's the easiest way to watch the games. You don't have to go through all the loopholes and jumping through all the, the hoops on the, the internet to find games. You don't have to deal with paying ridiculous prices for direct TV. Obviously, Comcast doesn't even have them still. Avaca TV, just 25 bucks a month. They put it right on your TV with a receiver box. All you need is an internet connection, and you're good to go with Avaca TV. Works just like normal cable. You have your remote. You turn on your TV. It got altitude right on it for you. They also have AT&T Sports Network if you want to watch the Rockies and national channels as well. So check out Avaca TV. If you haven't, go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR bunch of people have switched and we always have people in chat telling me it works great they love it for watching the abs and, and i get it if you're a diehard abs fan you've probably found a way to watch the team but there's a lot of people like my parents who just want to turn on the tv and be able to watch hockey and they are definitely listening to this podcast yep i mean i think some are oh we've gotten enough response from people that tells us they are right like this it's a great thing for a team like the Avs where they are now, because the Avs are garnering a lot of new fans over the last couple of years. People just want to watch. Avaca TV lets you watch. Yep. So go get Avaca TV. And then when you're sitting in front of your couch and you want to get couch locked, you can hit up Lightshade. Uh, all your THC and CBD needs from Lightshade. You can use code DNVR when you get 
products from them to get 25% off your entire purchase. They have 11 locations in the Denver metro area, so they got you covered pretty much anywhere if you live in the burbs or downtown or anything. You can also shop online at lightshade.com to get orders for pickup and make it using that DNVR code. Super easy. They also have Wana Optimals Fast Sleep 20 to 100 THC CBD Mix. Uh, They're great for falling asleep quick if you have problems with that like I do. Keep you from sitting there in bed for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, just not sleeping. It's the worst thing in the world. Don't recommend that for anyone. And Wana will help you prevent that with their fast asleep gummies. It's a holistic plant-based solution that just gets you feeling sleepy and wanting to close your eyes in 5 to 15 minutes. So check it out today. Go find Wana at Lightshade Dispensaries near you. Also, Avaca TV, our sponsor for the Party Bus. Go jump on dnvrlocker.com. Go buy your tickets to the party bus. April 16th, the Avs are taking on Carolina. Obviously, you have the bus to and from the bar to the game, so you don't have to pay for parking down at Ball Arena. You also get tickets in the lower bowl, section 120, so you get dope seats. We're also going to have a booth at the game, so if you want to come vibe. You're also watching the game with a bunch of other diehards who are watching the same thing as you. Right. We're going to have a whole section of DNVR people just going nuts about the game. We're going to have a booth for like intermissions and stuff so people can come chill for intermissions and hang out and say hi to all of uh, all of. Well, not AJ. He'll be too cool for us in Winnipeg, but I'll be there. Jesse will be there. Blaze will be there. Yeah, Uh, it should be warm ish by then. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Don't be lame like AJ and get on the party bus. DNVRlocker.com. You can get your tickets now. It's a great time. Highly recommend. Everyone from the Nuggets and Broncos beats are like, this is the dopest thing ever. So go check it out. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, who is the biggest winner of the trade deadline? I mean, I do think it's Florida. I agree with you with the big caveat of losing Aaron Ekblad is really bad for them. Yeah, but if he really does come back and he's part of a first-round series, I think it makes winning the division absolutely vital for yeah, them. For they sure. have to win the division now because if – Ekblad is not healthy for the first three or four games of a first-round series, and they're playing Tampa Bay or Toronto in that first-round series. They that's could a real opponent right there. Yeah, that's a that's a lot harder task, I think, uh, that's facing them than. Uh, let's see here. Right now, they would be they would have Washington. A lot more survivable, I would say. Yeah, and I would say I, I think Washington, uh, like a good club, a veteran club, but with their goaltending question marks, yeah, that can it, it, that can undo everything else and, about how good well, that team. Is. And look, Washington has Ovi and Backstrom, and they're great, but that team doesn't have the depth that it used to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like Ovi and and. Uh, Backstrom and Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, like they continue to be a quality offensive club, right? They've, Tom Wilson has been legit. Anthony Mantha uh, is healthy now. 
so he can get back into things. Connor Sheary has been really productive for them. They've got good depth. It's like a solid, it's a solidly built team. They just add uh, Johan Larson, who should help them. I don't think uh, Marcus, Marcus Johansson back. But... Don't know that Marcus Johansson will help them too much, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, they their defense, like Carlson and Orlov and Schultz and Jensen and Kempney, and it's just a bunch of Harvey. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just solid. It's like a, it's like a solid group. It's not a group that would bully you over in any way. And your goaltending is really like. Is it going to be any good? So anyway, I I just think that uh, you would take you. They need to win the division uh, with in light of the Ekblad injury, because him being healthy for round two against the winner of Tampa Bay Toronto, yeah, you great. feel a lot better. Yeah, and like, look, they're six points up on Lightning right now. They're in good position. Yeah, for sure. They just have to. They just have to close. They've got to finish it off. But you know, they need quality performances out of Chirot. Out, yeah, out of Giroux, out of the guys that they went and got. They need them to be good. I and, and one, I think the one big difference that you're going to see in how Florida approached the deadline and how Colorado ended up at the deadline was you look at Claude Giroux and you say it's better, probably the best player that moved. For sure. But also, he has to go in there and he has to be a high-level producer for them immediately for that yep. to be worth like Arturi Lekkinen, does Arturi Lekkinen need to go in and score a bunch of goals for Colorado? No. Arturi Lekkinen needs to show up and just do what he does. Be a shutdown forward. Yeah, be a shutdown wing that is excellent defensively and raises the floor of that third line and makes it way more competitive. Yep. Uh and and then if cuz if that happens like you already loved Colorado's top 6. Yep. That makes Colorado's top 9 a lot bigger problem. And when you talk about they're already elite in multiple areas, you're just like, okay. Uh, but uh, with with Florida, like Giroux and Sherratt need to go in and be difference makers immediately. Sherratt probably would not have had that same pressure uh, without the Ekblad injury. But with the Ekblad injury, I think that it it became a bench rod has to come to in be and good. be yeah. a He's got to go in and he's got to play next to Mackenzie Weger and yeah. be the guy, be the guy that he was next to Shea Weber that well, made that, him valuable right. to begin with. The initial plan for Chirot was, hey, we can drop this guy in on our second pairing behind Ekblad yeah. and Weger. And now yeah. it's, nope, step up and be the guy until Ekblad yeah. gets back. Definitely. And then that's now the pressure is on. Okay, well, you're no adjustment pair. You need to go and be, you need to go from being fucking horrible for Montreal all season. So now you need to be a top parent guy in a playoff race for a team competing for the president's trophy. Yep. Good luck, dude. It's a big, big jump there. Yeah. That's a big, it's a much bigger ask of maybe a more limited player in Sherratt than what they're asking out of Giroux, where it's like, all right, we need you to slot in next to Sasha Barkov and just go be a good player. Oh, that's going to be hard to do. Yep. So big time winner for me, Florida for sure. Expensive price, but yeah. They also got Robert Hag and Oleo cool. Levy for whatever that's worth to you. Neither one of those things. I guess Yo Levy was in October, so that one means nothing. But yeah, Hag is a guy that exists and might play games for them because Ekblad got hurt, but not particularly good. Uh 
is what it is. So Florida is still the big winner just because they got some of the biggest pieces. How how positive are you on the Avs trade deadline? I know you wrote a piece about this the other day. Uh, I feel good about it. I mean, I feel like it just addressed needs. They did a really good. The one thing that we talked about is uh, that they that, that you could if you could redo the deadline, you would probably swap Cogliano for Carpenter. Just so you have a right-handed guy that wins you some face-offs, uh, that gives you one more depth guy that's specifically right-handed to win you face-offs. Um, but that's that would be it. Agreed. I'd... I also talked to somebody who thinks that Cogliano is going to be great in Colorado. Sure. Said that he was he was not going to put it on the line for a Sharks team that wasn't going anywhere, and that when he gets to Colorado, he'll be rejuvenated, and that he'll be. He'll be the Cogliano that we remember from his heyday. And I hope I think, so. I think that's wishful thinking, but yeah, I'm not convinced by that. By there, the imagination. there are there is belief amongst people in the league that Cogliano will be uh, a good fit in Colorado. I don't. Apparently, believer, that belief, but apparently, that belief was shared by Joe Sackett. So yeah, clearly, clearly, the org believed it too. So. Yeah, uh, I will just say this: these types of moves they have been or are the ones where they have been very hit or miss in the past. Their pro scouting has been very hit or miss on these. Types I, I would say consistently missing almost. Uh, I wouldn't because I think they did a good job with like Belmar and Calvert and Nieto. Um, and then they did. Uh, Nieto oh, was the, a waiver claim and those other ones are free agency stuff. Yeah. Well, right. But I mean, you're talking about the, the evaluation for the same role though. And you know, like I, 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 I agree. Okay, you know? Yeah, I think you're stretching. And again, another waiver claim there. Yeah. When when we're specifically talking about the Avs going out and getting the veteran at the trade deadline, I think it has consistently failed them. Yeah, and we talked we talked yesterday during the live show. Um, yeah. Why I thought like they went and got Carl Soderberg. They went and got Derek Broussard to be different guys. They went and got Andrew Cogliano to be Andrew Cogliano. And I think that that gives him a better chance of success than what we saw. with. They didn't go out and get Carl Soderbergh to be on their fourth line last year. And when he was on it, he looked terrible. So fucking lost. And yeah. like, what am I supposed to do here? Like he just, it was just bad. So I, I just think. Um, yeah. And nuke is nothing like these guys that, it's yeah, a completely no, different no. thing. He was a reclamation project. That's very, a totally very, different approach with a very, yeah. very different situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why you would want Magner or Sherwood for the Eagles when you got Nico Starm, who's actually going to help the NHL club in the Joe Steel. Yeah. Okay. Now, although I will say, you watched Nico Sturm last night, and it's like, how does this guy ever score points? Yeah, there is no offense there so far. There, that, but... puck, that puck skill is questionable <laughs> so but you know what he's really good as uh, a face-off guy yep. like he was he was actually like his, well and ass. his defense was solid too like i have no complaints about the guy oh dude i don't know um, understood his limitations when they went and got him yeah he's tyson um, Jost, but large under understood understood the balancing that they were getting um uh with him and yeah, I'm, Logan O'Connor's being asked to do way too much right now, and I think everybody knows that. 
the question that I have about Logan O'Connor is, is he going to adjust? Can he get when he back? goes yeah. when he goes back to just being on the fourth line when Colorado's healthy and he goes right back to you know they have a Lekkinen new hook comfort third line and it's Cogliano Sturm and Logan O'Connor on your fourth line which when I say Cogliano I'm still thinking of it, old school guy so I'm like God I really like that fourth line but. If he's the Cogliano that he was with the Sharks, then that line is just going to be – it's going to be continued problem. Yep. And, but but LOC needs to get it back. Right. He needs to become a productive member of the team again. And that's not yeah. to say he isn't out there working his ass off because he For absolutely sure. is. But the points are just not well, – the, the little things with LOC count a lot more when you're on the fourth line than right. when you're being asked to do more than that. Yep. You when you're playing up in the lineup, you have to produce points. You have yep. to. Well, and I, uh, I don't want to speculate too much, but if it doesn't come back for Logan O'Connor, he's gonna sit for a Darren Helm or a whoever it is in the depth of this forward core. Yeah, it's just the reality of how many bodies the Avs have now. So we'll see on that front, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think uh, I feel good about the Evs trade deadline as a whole. And for the record, mm-hmm. I'm including the, the Manson and Sturm deals on that. We're not talking about just I, one day, but I also really liked what Minnesota did genuinely. Like they got a second round pick for McBain who may or may not be anything. Um, They got Nick Delorier, who's like fine. And uh, I think he sucks, but I think he fits their personality. Sure. So I think it's a good fit. Uh, and then I think Tyson Jost is going to be, again, I think Tyson Jost fits the way that they like to play. And so I think he's going to be fine. I, yeah, and... Well, I like the play there because they can afford to take a swing on someone like Tyson Jost, who's cheap, and maybe they find a little bit of upside as they go through cap hell over the next couple of years. Well, and I, I really liked, I, I really liked the flurry. You know, I connected those dots months ago and yeah. I, I like the price that they paid for him. Look, it's a second round pick and it either goes really well and you end up in a Western conference final, which at the start of the year, you would have loved (laughs) if you were a wild, that's a huge victory for you. Uh, If you end up in a Western conference final and it becomes that first round pick. Now, if it doesn't and it doesn't work out, okay, you gave up a second, but Hey, you also recoup the second in the McBain deal. like you're, you're. I just think it was a really reasonable. Hey, we took, we took a, we took a chance. We took a measured chance here that could help us. And if it doesn't, and I just yeah. thought that was good tidy business. Don't mind the concept at all. My only concern there is I just don't think Flurry's that good anymore. Agreed. But I think he was the best goalie that was available for a price that they were willing to pay. That side of it, yeah. The the only oh. thing there is they turned around and gave away Kakinen, right? That was oh true. true, too true. Like not great. But did they make their team better? Yeah, yeah. The one uh, adding this into the bad to the bad category. What the hell did St. Louis do with that Nick Letty deal? Yeah, that was a Did They watch Nick Letty. <laughs> they maybe they watched Nick Letty five years ago and thought that he was still good. Like. I know that they, a lot of NHL teams use a really outdated 
uh, scouting report system still. Uh, maybe they were pulling reports from his Islanders days. In, from 2017. Because... <laughs> It's not there anymore. Yeah. No, dude. Nick Letty's been he's been legit bad the last several years. And the Avs got hilariously lucky that he played an awesome series against the Tampa Bay Lightning that like, one time. Keep him over Taves. Yeah. And Devon Taves played like shit in that series, and that was a big deciding factor in moving on from Taves and keeping Letty for the extra year. Funny how things worked and how a great example of how we let recency bias drive too much decision making. Yep. So sometimes it works. Like like with Grubauer right now, you're looking at it like that worked out pretty well. <laughs> he is totally collapsed in Seattle and Darcy Kemper looks great in Colorado. Yeah, true enough. So were there any other any was there like was there one team that you just thought hard lost the deadline other than Vegas. Uh Columbus cuz they just didn't fucking do anything and then they literally gave away Max Domi for nothing. I mean, you're not a fan of Aiden Hershik at no, all. Oh my god. No. The dude had 8 points. Yeah, in, I mean college this year. 8 points, but he was also think of like think of the role that he played on that BC team. Like he was a third pairing freshman. Sure, it's not I like he was a top-pairing freshman in DU like Sean Barron's was. I get it. I get he was in a limited role, and I get maybe there's more to like there. But that's your main piece for Max Domi? I, I mean, I think you like Max Domi. But there's, what, so imagine if the Avs traded Drew Hellison in his freshman year for Max Domi. Like, that's an insane steal. Maybe. Come on. I just I worry that Max Domi's not any good anymore. So he might not be that good, but he's worth a third round prospect. That's insane to me. Yeah, I agree with Anthony. I actually thought Jake Wallman was a decent little puck mover for St. Louis. For them to go and get Nick Letty was just a total yes. Trade then no no. The Islers Isles are losers at the deadline yeah, because that's... instead of moving out assets, they doubled down. On this like weird mixture of a yeah. team that they're stuck with. Resigning Clutterbuck, I think, is definitely an L. <laughs> but especially for two years, like yeah, the second year makes no sense to me. Even multiple years. Now, cut his salary in half, so that's fine. But I that was I thought that was odd, and getting Zach Parise to sign back up for seven fifty again, I thought was. Actually, yeah, tidy business. Parise's fine. It's the it's the clutterbuck one that I'm looking at and going, why? Especially when it's like a lot of people are, uh, a lot of people like love that line, like oh Matt Martin and Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck, and then you go and you look at any analytic at and all, terrible, and the that trio gets fucking dominated yeah. on a regular basis, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> oh whatever. Uh, Toronto, like, I think, I think Giordano, uh, helps them. I think Blackwell is a nice little addition. Sneaky good. Uh, I, yeah, I loved Arizona taking, claiming Satari. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> but that was so funny. Um, I, 
I just don't know. Like trading Travis Dermott and adding Giordano, I think that's an upgrade. But not a I massive just, one. Yeah. I just there's so, there's something about that team that I just Yep, something stinks for sure. I just don't trust it. And and you know what? Like they're well and their goaltending gamble. Yeah. Their goaltending has been bad for three months now. So yep. you're like they're getting their best goaltending the last three months has been from Shalgren. Yeah, and it's, and like, it's, it's been for four games. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll see here with this dude. Yeah, um, but who knows? Maybe he's their Pennington, right? I mean, sure, whatever. That's everybody's hope. Every time that a guy comes up and plays well in limited games, is like, can he be the next Jordan Bennington? Who St. Louis tried to trade? Yeah, well, desperately wanted to out from yeah. that contract. Hilarious. That they tried to move on from him. Um, the oh, the the other dude. One big deal that we haven't talked about that I actually really liked was cop to the Rangers because I think their their depth has not been any good, and I think I mean cop, that's I yeah their depth has really struggled. <laughs> that they're. And Cop is versatile enough that he can help them in different ways if they need him to. And that was a team, I don't know what their uh, cap situation is this summer. That was a team that had a lot of cap space. And if they uh, if they have, if they don't have any like major deals that are coming up, ooh, they have some. <laughs> yeah, Strom. Yeah. Strom's the only like really big one besides Cop. Yeah, but they only have eleven million to play with. Yeah, um, but Cop, like they could make a real run at re-signing Andrew Cop, is what I'm saying. For sure, uh, they could definitely. Um, he needs to kind of be the guy that they brought Barclay Goodrow to be in uh, to be because I don't know that he is. I don't, yes. I'm not a very big Barclay Goodrow fan. Barclay so Goodrow is bad. I'm here for this take. Yeah, like I've never really thought much of him. and I think it's crazy uh, the amount of credit he gets for the Tampa Bay Lightning winning, the Stan- winning Stanley Cups. Yep. Like I thought Blake Coleman was a significantly better player and more productive. But like Barclay Goodrow has his uses, right? I mean, he's an NHLer, so I just don't think he's all that good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just the uh, uh, I mean, the the addition of Cop, I just think, makes them interesting. It would really help if Lafreniere and Capo Caco like had like the... stop being a hot disaster. Yeah, and like Lafreniere has quietly moved that way this year. It's just not the direction that you. There's just it's there's something weird about both of those guys. Yep, stagnating and and struggling to the level that they have. Um, like Lafreniere has twenty one. He had twenty one points last year. He has twenty one points right now in sixty one yep. games. Like, not, what the hell great. is going on here? So, that's interesting. Um, I did like their addition of Justin Braun. I think that'll help them a little bit because some of their younger guys 
uh, namely Brayden Schneider, uh, have been getting their head kicked in. I mean, Justin Braun is going to give them what they thought Patrick Nemeth was going to give them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Patrick Nemeth has struggled. But Yeah, basically the difference for Lekkonen's... I mean, he needs a work visa here in the United States. Uh, he's working in a different yeah. country. He has to get it swapped from a Canadian to an American. Yeah, and I think the reason that Makars was easier is because he was on a student visa in the United States already. Correct. He just needed to change it to a when work visa in the United yeah, States. Yeah, when you're going you're already in the country, country to country, it gets a lot more complicated at the government yeah. level. So, and you know what? What's funny is this is actually something that that all foreign players go through every year. Yep. Um, at the start of the year, Miko has to do it with the Finnish government every single year. Yeah. Uh, guys that don't live here, um, that don't, you know, set up permanent residence here, yep, have to do this every time uh, at the start of every season. It's just they do it a week early, so you don't, you know, it's never a story, right? But then a guy gets traded mid-season, and it's like all of a sudden, got to go do this right now. Yeah, visa <laughs> issues, yep. So it's interesting. Hopefully, it gets worked out so we can see Lekin in tomorrow. I would love to see them start to get start to piece together their lineup and what it's really going to look like and blow the doors off the Canucks. That'd be a lot of fun. Would be nice. Um, all right. We are going to wrap this one up. Thank you all for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate you all a ton for riding with us, especially these last two weeks. It's been a blast of pumping out a bunch of different random stuff for the trade deadline. So highly recommend uh, if you want to see our live reactions to the Avs trade, you can go to our, our giant five-hour watch-along. Someone in the comments was nice enough to put a timestamp for when Lekkonen got moved. So go watch that if you would like. We appreciate all of you, and we will talk to you, I guess, tomorrow pregame.